Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue Podcast. It's Amir from Broncos Avenue on Instagram and Twitter. Back with another episode today. Got my co-host Noah Study on today and Nathan as our guest on today's episode. The Broncos heading. We're going to be previewing the Broncos matchup against the Carolina Panthers this week, week 12. The Broncos heading to this one, three and seven and facing another poor offense in the Carolina Panthers with the record of three and eight. Um, very much looking forward to this matchup in Carolina. Um, two offenses that have struggled to say the least uh, this season definitely can relate to them with their uh, quarterback carousel this season. Um, but without further ado, um, until we jump into this one, how are you guys doing today, Noah and Nathan? Can't complain. I'm just ready for the Broncos to beat the Panthers. Get us yes, to four, four and seven, four and seven, you know, some slight. <laughs> I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited for Sunday. You know, always excited for when my Broncos play. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I, I always say on here, you know, despite the way that the season goes and, um, you know, the results and obviously Broncos fans thought the season would go better. It's always a good week when the Broncos play just because, you know, that's our favorite team we've watched for so long. And um, but yeah, obviously, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into the keys to victory today. What we expect, uh, what we want to see from Russell Wilson in the offense this week, um, how Nathaniel Hackett can save his job for another week. Um, and, and we want to see the defense rebound this week as well. Um, jumping into all that and also stay tuned to the very end to hear our score predictions and who we think will go off on this game on the offense and defense. Um, so with that being said, let's go ahead and um, I want to actually take a look at the uh, injury report for uh, this game. Um, obviously, I know that Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler were ruled out of this one for another week. Um, obviously upsetting to see. Um Obviously, Jared Judy not did not play last week as well as KJ Hambler. We kind of saw the offense um, not get off to the start that we wanted to, to see. Um, obviously, in the beginning of the season, they were relying a lot on Cortland Sun. And now that Jerry Judy and KJ Hambler are out, um, it's been a little bit difficult. You know, Cortland Sun still had 80 receiving yards last week, but the offense just doesn't seem where it's supposed to be at right now. Um, so for the final injury report for this game, um, just to update you guys on this one, KJ Hamler ruled out. The defensive lineman Jonathan Harris is ruled out. Jerry Judy is ruled out. Kwan Williams uh, with that wrist injury is ruled out. Um, and that is all. Questionable is Andrew Beck and Jacob Martin. Jacob Martin, who literally just got here, is already questionable. Chase Edmonds, who literally just got here, is already on the IR. Like, this is the most hospitalized shit I've seen in such a long time for any sports team. Um what, what what do you guys uh, take of the injury so far um, this season? Well, I mean, first off, when we lost Tim Patrick, <sighs> broke my heart. <laughs> uh, but I just don't understand how everybody on the Broncos, it seems like, is getting hurt in some way or another. I mean, obviously, you have Jerry Judy that get got hurt during, like, games. But everybody else seems like it's in practices. It's like and scrimmages stuff like that but like I don't understand how that happens so I don't even know if it's like our fault or if it could be like turf or you know I mean there's multiple factors that can probably go into it but like it's just weird how all the Broncos players are constantly getting hurt I agree personally it's just disgusting with the amount of injuries that we've been facing the last few years I feel like somebody needs to take responsibility for all these yeah. injuries and it's just that like every single good game we have, there's always a big player that gets injured, ends up going on IR. And it's just it's just really annoying because, you know, all these good teams are always, you know, they're more healthy than we've ever been. So I don't know when the injury bug started, but 
somebody's got to take responsibility for it. Yeah, it just seems like every week the Broncos can't catch a break. You're hearing about this starter getting out, that starter getting out. Um, it's 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 the same old thing. We constantly are talking about multiple players that we see leave the game and end up being placed on IR. And it seems like one week it's a hamstring, the next week it's an ACL, the next week it's an ankle, and re- repeat the cycle. Like it's, I I don't know. We've talked about it on past episodes. We we need answers ASAP because this isn't happening to any other team in the NFL, and I don't think we've ever seen it with any other sport. Like I said, so it, it's just it's just getting outrageous at this point. Um, I know for the Panthers on their end, um, I don't think any major uh, players are ruled out for this game besides Corey Littleton. Um, I think he's going to take a few weeks for him to recover from his injury. Um, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty decent loss um, for their their defense, but um, the, the Panthers' defense is still pretty good. Um, obviously, uh, they they've had their they've had their sputters to say the least. Um, I'm personally someone who thinks the Panthers' defense is really overrated, um, but they've been solid. They've held their own, given the fact that their offense has just been terrible. Um, you know, very likewise situation with us. Um, what is one thing you guys are looking? Um, like what is a matchup you were looking forward to in this game? Um, what is something that you, uh, you're, you're kind of, you have your eye on, you have your eye set on for this uh, game against the Panthers. Well, for me, it's going to be our defense against Sam Darnold. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. I want to see Patrick Sertan get two pick sixes. I want to see Kareem get a forced fumble. I want to see whoa, everybody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to see everybody doing something you know i mean our defense is so underrated even though we've been doing so well and i think it's because we're constantly on the field and our offense really can't get any uh momentum so i think once our offense could get some momentum because i think we're going to get some uh against the panthers uh i think we'll be able to get set and our defense is going to be even more stifling against the uh, Panthers offense so that's that's the big thing for me I like it well what I'm looking forward to seeing is how our O-line holds up against Brian Burns Derek Brown yeah. you know I'm kind of like every single week it's been like three four sacks taken you know Russell Wilson's fault or not it doesn't matter you know it's just been our O-line's been awful and we haven't been able to run the ball either that much either it's just been really awful or if you know last year we were able to run the ball and it looked like we were a better team last year we were able to move the you know we were able to move the ball better this year it's just three and out or we're gonna get you know a few yards it's not really that great so I hope our old line holds up if they do I feel like you know our receivers start getting open because they only have something this week and I think we need to rely more on dosage and um Jalen Virgil because he hasn't he only had one uh catch that's it you know I think he has a lot of potential. Yeah, there was something very interesting last week. We constantly talk about the decision-making by this coaching staff. Last week, Jalen Virgil, only six offensive snaps the whole game, had no injuries. I don't understand that. After the previous week, his first NFL catch was a 66-yard or 65-yard touchdown. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand the logic by this decision-making by Hackett and the offensive staff. Um it, I, I really I really couldn't tell you. Um, Kendall Hinton is someone who I think they should really get involved this week. Kendall Hinton just so damn underrated. His story is really good, um, and he's just really shocking me as a wide receiver. Um, I don't think he'd be this effective. Um, it just seems like – I don't know if his connection with Russ is just better than we thought. Um, 
or his connection with Russ is just better than the other receivers, or he's just simply really good at creating separation because this dude gets open on a weekly basis. And it seems like he makes big plays with Russ on a weekly basis. Um, Obviously that was such a close touchdown last week against the Raiders um, where he broke that tackle on the corner route and ran all the way to the end zone, dove, but they called him short. Latavius Murray got the touchdown instead. Um, I was kind of heated about that, but um, yeah. it, was a right, it was a right call. But like like I'm saying, you know, Kendall Hinton, may, he makes big plays when he gets the rock. So um, I think I think he's someone who uh, we really should get involved this week. Um, the Panthers secondary is really good. Um, if you're talking about the best secondaries in the league, you got to obviously talk about the Broncos, the Bills, and you got to you got to mention the Panthers as well. I mean, Jeremy Chin and um, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, they've been playing at an elite level, um, and that's been one of the very uh, few bright spots on that Panthers team this week or this year. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, that's a big matchup this week. Uh, obviously, one of the better secondaries against a very injury uh, riddled Broncos receiving room right now. So something that uh, Definitely, we're going to have to try to uh, make our, make the best of that matchup there um, and try to get Kendall Hinton involved. And like Nathan said, maybe uh, incorporate uh, Jalen Virgil in the game plan again this week. Really want to see his speed used to uh, this offense's advantage. Um, would love to see that. But one thing I'm really looking at uh, this week in this matchup is the second half football. The Broncos need to put up points. In the second half, the Broncos offense is scoring 5.4 points per game in the second half of the season. That is dead last in the NFL. The the Panthers offense is scoring 11.6 points per game in the second half. That is tied for 10th in the NFL. The second half is going to be such a huge factor this week. Um, The Broncos defense in the second half is allowing 6.3 points per game. That is first in the second half of the season. That is first in the NFL. So that's the first against the 10th. Big matchup right there, let let alone. So hopefully the Broncos defense can, you know, use the, um, you know, analytics to their favor and, you know, ride, ride with that in this game. The Panthers defense is allowing 13.5 points per game in the second half of the season. That is 30th in the NFL. So, like, literally, these are the most lopsided matchups, but then it comes the Broncos defense versus the Panthers offense, which I was surprised to see that the Panthers offense is the 10th best in the league in the second half of the season. The best best football teams are always great. They finish great in the second half, um, both on offense and defense. Obviously, their defense has just let them down, and they continue to show that they can't uh, – complement the offense in the second half of the season, but that's a huge matchup this week. Um, if the Broncos can score points in the second half this week, I guarantee we're going to win this game. I don't care if we put up nothing in the first half. If we can score points in the second half of this game, I guarantee we're going to win this game. Um, you know, barring any or for unforeseen uh, circumstances, but um, yeah, that's, that's a matchup I'm really looking forward to uh, this week in this game. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping to see Russell Wilson actually like game like he didn't have a bad game last week at all. No. But we just need to see a little bit more like touchdowns. And I feel like that could be from the play calling as well. Because like you guys said, it's Virgil. Uh I mean, he needs to get more involved. You see him with his uh playmaking ability, but and same with Greg Dulcich. It feels like he's on the rise like all the time like he's open it feels like uh but if we can get russell wilson getting his confidence even higher with a win i mean that's going to be crazy 
it, like it's going to be great for next season as well. I want, I want to actually talk about that. You know, Nathan and you talking about, you know, getting Kendall Henson and Jalen Virgil more involved in the offense, but you brought up Greg Dulcich. Where has he been the last few games? This dude was popping off the Jaguars game, the Chargers game, and out of nowhere, he's getting, you know, no involvement in the game plan. And if he is, he's not being targeted. So that's something that's someone who I want to see be involved in the game plan this week. Yeah. I mean, it's it's better than Travis Kelsey, but I mean, people we just not getting him the ball, which is the main issue, I feel like. Uh I feel like he's open constantly, but like we're just like not creating plays for him. And Russell Wilson loves tight ends to begin with, right? I mean, you see that in Seattle back in his like true prime. You see him passing it to the tight end a lot. And we're not really creating plays for the tight end. Doesn't really make sense. And with a special talent with Greg Dulcich, it just we need to create more plays for him. I think it's because the run game is not, you know, it's been non-existent. And, you know, teams are expecting us to pass it every single play. And, uh, you know, our success throughout the few years have been our run game. And it's been non-existent. And our pass, you know, game this year hasn't been good either. So if we can get the run game going, I feel like we'll be set and Dulcich will start, you know, getting targets. That's a very good point. I always talk about that. Yeah. I preach. I preach all the time. Run game is the best thing for your offense. That's what sets up everything. And the Broncos are of the worst in that category this year. Um, I, I would have to, you know, pull up the stats. Um, I believe the Broncos are of the worst um, in the NFL. I believe they're around like the 25 range um, of rushing yards per game this year. Um, not, where, not where we want to be at all. Um, coming into the season, we were so confident when the Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams duo, and then obviously look how it's gone. Uh, but speaking of Melvin Gordon, I don't know, maybe cutting him can really unleash Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack this uh, week. Um, the, the Panthers defense run defense is allowing 137 rushing yards per game. That is 26th in the league. So Latavius Murray fantasy owners, you might want to start him this week. I am. So um, we could definitely, <laughs> we could definitely see a big game from him. Um, letting Melvin Gordon go, maybe who knows? I don't think Latavius Murray is that kind of guy, but maybe it can like take some off his shoulders and really set him up for a big game. This dude is a really good veteran. It seemed like in that Raiders game when he was getting decent uh, O-line blocking, he was picking up four or five yards a, uh, a run. So uh, we can do that consistently. Um, like Nathan's saying, if we could just, you know, get the run game going, we can set up a lot more. We can get Kendall Hinton involved. We can get Greg Dulcich involved. Um, but just a simple thing is like only giving Ken, uh, Jalen Virgil six offensive snaps is very questionable. Um, but I'm really interested to see how the offense is going to, um, potentially take off this week without uh, Melvin Gordon on the team. I know that's messed up to say, but um, it seemed like every time he was getting the rock, every Broncos fan was on the edge of their seat, biting their nails, just about to completely shit their pants. <laughs> I agree, man. And I was, I'm always wondering why we didn't use Chase Edmonds much at all. Cause like we haven't used him as a receiving back, even when he was healthy, like we just saw him like, you know, five yard, you know, five yard run. And then we see Gordon Latavius Murray in. I don't know why we didn't utilize him you know, to the ability we could have, like a screen or something like that. We've only done like one screen with him, I'm pretty sure, from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, but now isn't Chase Edmonds kind of messed, like his ankle was hurt or something? No, now it is, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
that just sucks. I mean, yeah. I didn't, to be honest with like Melvin Gordon, I wasn't like a huge fan of re-signing him because of Javante, but now that Javante is out, we kind of need another veteran yeah. running back to kind of teach him. And I think Latavius Murray is going to be that kind of guy for him, especially in the future. I hope we re-sign Latavius Murray and then uh, have like a duo with that, with uh, Latavius Murray and Javante, because I think that duo would be a lot better than Melvin Gordon. Cause the main issue with Melvin Gordon was his fumbles. And I guess we re-signed him because Russell Wilson played with him, you know, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited to see what Latavius Murray can bring because he's a very underrated veteran, in my opinion. Yeah, I, that's an interesting topic to bring up if the Broncos do choose to bring back Latavius Murray. But yeah, losing Chase Edmonds did suck, even though we've only seen him a, a week or so. Um, he was like the only kind of hope to have any versatility at that position. And to lose him, you lose all of that. Um Latavius Murray is kind of just a one-trick pony, um, running up the middle, kind of get you the hard-fought uh, yards. Yeah. Um, and besides that, it's like maybe Marlon Mack could be you could bring some versatility and agility to that position. But um, yeah, obviously multiple injuries at the running back position this year. Um, Melvin Gordon was banged up. Obviously, Jamonte Williams um, tore his ACL. Um, Mike Boone out for multiple weeks. Um, we might get him back next week or the week after. Um, Chase Edmonds, IR. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy that only at one position there's been like three, four injuries. That's insane. Um, and then you talk about wide receivers. Jerry Judy missing multiple games. KJ Hamler missing multiple games. Um, you know, knock on wood, Corlin's son stays healthy. But, yeah, it, it's just it just never ends for the Broncos. And obviously the big one, Tim Patrick. Um, in the offseason, tears his ACL. So, yeah, we could go on and on talking about the injuries, but at the end of the day, the Broncos' backups need to step up. That's why they're on this team. So uh, that's what we're looking to hope, hoping for to see uh, in this game. Um, so keys to victory, what are you guys uh, in your heads, what are you thinking, um, honestly, like how are we going to take down the Panthers? Because every week it seems like, yeah, Raiders, easy win. Yeah. Um, right this other team easy win and we just don't do it so how how do we take down three day panthers this week because it just seems like another week where we're expecting the offense to not do anything right well i mean the first thing like we were just talking about is the run game i mean once you have a run game you're able to basically control the entire game it's in the palm of your uh hands basically because of how uh you can control the clock you can basically if you set up your run game you're going to be able to take that deep shot down the field so once you're able to do that and i know russ is capable of hitting the man downfield in portland sudden down the field uh so getting latavius murray going and then hit hit Cortland sudden for a uh, downfield play i agree um my opinion yeah we gotta get the run game going but the one thing that we really need is our old line to step up because yeah. these are young receivers you know and so you know, it's not like they're going to get open like Devontae Adams every single play. So we need, uh, we need, we, we can't have Russell Wilson forcing the ball to Corlin Sun every play. We need the other guys to step up and we need the O line to finally step up. And we know our defense is going to play amazing. So we don't even have to talk about that. Yeah. The, the Panthers secondary is going to figure us out like 
super fast if we just ke- keep on targeting Cortland Sun. I mean, that's going to be a match made in heaven for J.C. Horn. I love Cortland Sun, but they're going to figure that out. They're going to figure that out super fast, and they're going to contain it quickly. And then it's like, what do the Broncos do after that? So they can't continue this this simple playbook that is extremely predictable by any defense. Um, they need to figure something out with the offense this week, um, all schemes. Um, yeah, I, I just want to see some consistency from the offense this week. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of my uh, keys to victory this week, um, make Sam Darnold beat you with the passing game. Really contain that run. Don't let Deontay Foreman do anything on the ground. Um, if you can contain right. that, make Sam Darnold uh, beat you with his arm, then um, I, I don't think they're going to beat us. Um, another one, uh, obviously we've been preaching this basically the whole episode so far, pound the rock with Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack. Get something going on the ground. It'll set up much more for you on the offense. Their run defense, obviously, is uh, seventh worst in the league. So if you get that going, um, then it'll be a much easier game for you to win. Um, and then my number one key to victory, I preach at the beginning of the episode, score points in the second half. Actually, scratch that. Just score damn points. Please. Please, Russ. Please, hack it. Please. I'm going to get on my hands and knees. Like every, every <laughs> pause. Okay. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't yeah. Wait, hold up. Yeah. That's, that's kind of out of pocket. I ain't even, I'm not even going to lie. No. <laughs> he said, I'm good. Now nah, I would only do that for Javante Williams, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, just, just score points, please. Um, I don't want to sound like, I, I don't know. Just please, offense score, <laughs> score. <laughs> I apologize, everyone, but just just score points. That's that's Jeez. what I that's what I want to see this week. Um, we say it every week, but we don't get it. So, yeah, just offense. We need to see something from you from you this week. Um, look, look, the Panthers defense. Um, you guys can say what you want, but they they have their games. Look, the Panthers defense. Um, this is actually what I was talking about early on. They're one of the more overrated defenses in, in the NFL. Um, the Panthers Panthers uh, defense allows 23.3 points per game. Uh, that is 19th in the league. Multiple people talk about the Panthers defense being elite. That's below average. Um, and, you know, sc- allowing points is where your defense matters the most. I don't care what you say about, you know, getting sacks. I don't care what you say about third down conversions or whatnot. Um, it's about lo- allowing points and the Panthers defense is 19, 19th in the league while the Broncos defense is second in the league with 17.1 points per game. So that's about a whole touchdown difference right there. So that's a, that's a big uh, thing that is, you know, stat to consider in this game. Um, we just need to see. Um, and then it's like with that number 23.3 points per game given up by the Panthers defense in this year um, alone, that's even with them only allowing 13 points to the Baltimore Ravens last week. The Baltimore Ravens have been really good this season. So it's hopefully they don't have some momentum going in this game. It's a very much different offense from the Broncos to the Ravens. The Ravens is much more, you know, better. Um, they run the read option a lot, a lot more, uh, you know, consistently and more effectively. Um, I wish it's something that the Broncos would, um, you know, put in this Russell Wilson offense. I feel like Russell Wilson um, can really succeed with that read option. It isn't difficult at all by any means, um, but, you know, Hackett just in over his head needs to run his own system, 
whatever. Um, but obviously, Clint Kubiak, uh, another week calling the plays. Maybe he can get something going. He really started off well in that first quarter last week. Um, and I don't think he was the play call was bad minded means in that game. Um, there were just some decision making issues, but overall, I like the play calling last week. Maybe we could get something going against this uh, this Panthers stout defense. Um, beyond that being said, that's our keys to victory in this game. Um, talked about the stats, the injury reports. Um, now we're going to kind of jump into our predictions, weekly predictions. Um, last week, we did not preview the Raiders game, um, and thankfully so. But uh, And so this week, I want to talk about the offensive studs, the defensive studs. Um, starting with you, Noah, who do you got going off in this game for the Broncos on offense and defense and why? For the Broncos, I'm going to be honest, I, I do have Greg Dulcich. Have him going off. I like that's that. that's my opinion. I think Nathaniel Hackett knows uh, Greg Dulcich's ability, so I think that they're going to set up like a game plan for him. I think they're going to get some more play calls for him. I mean, once everything starts going good for him, I mean, it's going to be great. I think they're going to hit him downfield. I'm going. I think they're going to do a little bit of like some check downs with him, but and then he can create his own plays. So. That's who I have going off for the offense. And then for the defense, I'm a, I, I honestly think it's going to be PS2 uh, kind of like stifling the the pass game. That's who I have for P, for uh, the defense. That's who I got. For me on offense, I think Kendall Hinton's going to blow up. I think uh, he's going to have at least a two-touchdown game. Because last week he showed, he showed a lot. You know, he showed that he's he a – he is a very underrated player, and we need to start using him more. He does. He does. And I think that he's going to have that game. I think Sutton, you know, he's going to be iffy-iffy like he always is. But for the defense, my prediction is going to be Baron Browning. The pass rush is going to get to Darnold. I think that, you know, that O-line for Carolina is not good at all and will not be able to handle us at all. Uh, just because they never target Patrick Sertan, I don't think he's going to have a crazy game. But I think it's going to be the pass rush. I like it. For uh, I like that Kittle into prediction. Hopefully, it comes true. Um, <laughs> offense, offense. I got Latavius Murray. I think we finally uh we get some momentum going at the run game. I think Latavius Murray's gonna have a good game. Um, please fantasy gods, please. Yeah. Um, and and on defense, I got Draymond Jones. Um, he's gonna own that interior offensive line. Um, I like his matchup a lot. Um, I think Draymond Jones is gonna get at least two sacks in this game. Um, I think he's just going to dominate the pass rush, get some interior pressure, something the Broncos have been missing the last few weeks um, with the interior banged up a little bit. Um, I think they'll get that back on back on track this week. So I got a Latavius Murray and Draymond Jones as my offensive and defensive studs uh, in this game. Um, score predictions, final score predictions. What do you got? What are you locking up? Who wins? What score? How much? What do you got, Noah? I'm going to say 21-17 Broncos. That's that's my score. I'm hoping we can get at least three touchdowns. More than sixty points? <laughs> no way. More than fourteen, bro. More, <laughs> I mean, dude, I just want us to see. I just want to score points, like you were saying. You you said you'd get down on your hands and knees. Yo, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that that, like, that didn't happen. That's Photoshop. But it's <laughs> Photoshop. But like for real, I really do want to see us score points because I mean we haven't seen it. We've seen it probably, what, the first time we played the Raiders where we scored, like, 23 points. 
Yeah, I, I hope we can. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, and we lost that game. But what I really don't want to see is us going to overtime again. Oh my god! So tired of overtime, dude. Right, exactly. So I mean, yes, we we're up what 10-7 against the Raiders last week, right? Well, ten, 10 to zero okay. at one point. Yeah, yeah 10, ten to zero. zero, and we give up a a touchdown. Okay, okay, that's fine. Ben, don't break. Then we go, and then we lose the game in overtime. Three overtime games this season. That should not happen. Don't we first us. off, we should have right, and we should have beat the Chargers easily. Like, we held Justin Herbert to what? I think it was 17 points, something like that. I believe around so. There. Yeah, around there. Yeah. And then – It was 19 to 16, a, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we should have won that game. We had a we had a pretty good lead uh, going to the end of the game. And then it goes into overtime and we give up. Uh, <sighs> when we – Montreal, uh, Washington, he dropped the punt when we were about to – yeah. Try driving down the field and scoring, but I just don't want to see an overtime game. I just want to see us score points and win this game. I got I got to ask you guys before we uh, continue with Nathan's predictions. Um, what do you guys think is the worst loss this season? I know oh. it's not. A, I know it's not a topic we want to talk about, but uh, I got I got to ask this. What do you guys? What, each of you guys, all three of us, will answer this. What do you think is the worst loss this season? I think the worst loss this season was definitely the Indianapolis Colts loss. I agree. That was yeah, the most. Heartbreaking loss. Oh my god, that was just such a disgusting game from the start. <laughs> we had like six sacks on defense, and then on overtime, we we went for it wide open. KJ Hamler didn't throw it to him. Don't to, don't, don't remind me. Sign, bro. Oh my <laughs> oh god. My god no. And they made us feel worse by showing us a replay of it too. Just, like, just a hundred times. And then oh you see KJ Hamler th- like yes. slamming his helmet, dude. I feel for I feel for I that. Felt I felt mean, it too. That, that was awful. Yeah. Such a terrible loss. Okay, second worst loss. I cried. I cried. <laughs> I, I, I cried Real the Seattle cried. game. No, I cried the Seattle game. That one was that was awful. Game. That oh, was no. yeah. That one was the worst. But believe it or not, that was like probably our. I hate to say it, but like in a way, that was like our best loss. Of the <laughs> it, was, that was, it was. It was. I it was. I mean, That's it was, so sad. It was a close game, and Russ and we, actually we had really won it. Fumbling yeah. at the goal line twice. Kicking a field goal, sixty-four yard. We gotta stop. So, yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah, don't... You guys, relive this. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, man. All right, second worst loss this season. I'm gonna say the Chargers. Yeah, I would say Chargers or last week. Yeah, because both mm-hmm. were overtime losses, and yeah. both games we should have won. Last week wasn't as bad. It just didn't feel bad. It felt normal for the way the season has played out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, it's we've just, all been just kind of built up to that point where we're all just numb and we're just what we're like seven. that me- meme where you're just staring at the at the screen. It's just like the high pitched sound playing, be like this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What do you think was the worst <laughs> win this season? Because like all our wins were kind of sloppy. San Francisco. Worst win. San Francisco. Um, yeah, San Francisco. Because okay, the good good football teams always find a way to win games. Like Russell Wilson was the reason we won that game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Jaguars. Okay. Kwan Williams won that game, and Russell Wilson uh, led that game when he drives. So that was a solid win. Um, granted, yeah. it was against a bad Jags team, but um, yeah, that out the 49ers is the worst win this season, only because we barely got that game when he drive. Barely. Yeah. I disagree, though. I think it's the Houston game. Those penalties oh, were disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a, that is disgusting. That is a good no. one. 
That's well, it was not just, a good one, but was, like, oh yeah, <laughs> it was it was sloppy, man. It was just horrible. Okay. Nothing went our way. Right. I can't believe to we're be talking honest, about our worst wins of the season, and they're like eleven to ten. And dude, it's it's the Texas years, game was like sixteen seven, to nine, right? Seven yes. years without the playoffs. Like that. Yeah, I mean, seven have years. To, this was the season, apparently, but you know, thanks okay. for reminding me, bro. Okay. <laughs> thanks for thanks for reminding me about all our losses. I mean, <laughs> oh, dead, bro. I mean, gosh, it, it was awful, bro. All these losses, I got. I'm well, just playing wins and losses by Meek Mill. I mean, will you guys? Will you guys months. do? Will you guys do if we tie this season? What if we tie tomorrow? What are you guys doing? I'm done. I'm always gonna be a Broncos fan, but like, <laughs> yo, no. <what> the- <laughs> Yo, yo. That's my fault. That's my fault. That's out of pocket. <laughs> Ooh, uh, we're not gonna talk about that. Um, anyways, uh, that's my fault. Panthers and Broncos. Uh, Nathan, your score predictions. Uh, I got with the way the season's been going. I got seventeen to sixteen Broncos win, but I'm hoping that Jesus comes back somehow. We get twenty five points at. At least, at least against a Carolina team that's awful. Maybe like a pick six. Our offense doesn't need to score, you know, always. But at least like a pick six or something. Get us at least like 20 points. That's what I'm praying for. But 17 to 16 is my score prediction, Denver. Uh, I got – I can't hold okay, my laughing for this one. I got the Broncos 24 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 bold. Oh, that's a foul that's one. Bold. That's a foul one. That is foul. Whoa, we've never seen First that score off. before. Have we? Or, yeah, oh, exactly. No, it's bold. Yeah, you're right. It's bold. Yeah. So who's gonna be our MVP for this game? Is it gonna be Barry Browning? Uh Von Miller. I mean um uh Von Miller. I hope Panthers. I hope Force fumble maybe for a touchdown. Oh yeah, by the way, prayers uh prayers to Vaughn. Uh it was announced he's out indefinitely for the Bills. Yeah. Um really unfortunate. He didn't tear his ACL, but yeah, thankfully. Um, yeah, he is out and ind- indefinitely. Really, really hate to see that because um yeah. He's like my favorite non-Bronco. I mean, this dude's Bronco for life. Um, for real, love been love Von Miller, but um, yeah. For this game, uh, MVP. Uh, I mean, I picked my offensive and defensive studs as Tavius Murray and um Draymond Jones. I guess I'm going Latavius Murray because the chances of Draymond Jones having like a strip sack to change the game are kind of slim. I can see it happening, but I guess I'll pick Latavius Murray. It's him or Russ for the offense. Um, to me, I know it's kind of bold. Um, but yeah, my final score prediction is twenty-four to ten Broncos. I'm being serious. <laughs> no, dude, you can't be saying you're serious. Yeah. When, when you're laughing, yeah. you can't say that. You can't just be doing that. That just makes right, everybody, look everybody at me. think you're okay. <laughs> okay. Lock in. Oh, jeez. Lock in. Lock in. Lock in. <sighs> did you guys ever? Uh, did you guys see the uh, Gordon post? His farewell to Broncos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me angry. I don't know why. I just get it got me real mad. Yes, yeah, so now, now that I I couldn't hold the serious face. I was laughing at that shit. That was too. That was too. He literally he literally called. Okay, can we talk about that? He literally yeah. called us hell when he made Bronco watching Broncos football hell for us. Yes, bro. There's two standards to this shit. We're get, we're not getting paid millions to fucking fumble football like. <laughs> We're not even getting paid to watch these horrible games. Oh, exactly. dude. Uh, you guys got me in my feelings. <laughs> I'm a ser- serious face. The Broncos are going to win this game 
24 to 10. <laughs> yeah, see, you, can't even, you can't do it. All right. Here, I'll, say it for you. I'll say it for you. I'll say it for you. Ready? Don't be. I see you looking at me like that. All right. Broncos are going to win this game 24 to 10. Von Miller gets two and a half sacks. Strips Cam Newton. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Whoa. Dude, no. <laughs> <That's a little laughs> stimulation. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, seven years. Seven years. Oh, my God. You keep saying that, seven, emphasizing it, Brad. Seven oh, years. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I don't even know what playoff feels like. I really don't know. For, dude. Yeah, I, I forgot Bowl. that feeling. I forgot. Yeah. That. It was a Super Bowl, and then, like, that felt amazing. And then I was like, the 9-7 and seven season, the one the season we had Trevor Simeon, that was actually a pretty good season. It was just yeah. injuries that killed us. Yeah. That was the last season that we actually played pretty decent. Other than that, I don't even want to talk about the rest. What was the last time we had a winning season? Was it right after the Super Bowl? The ni- yeah, 9-7. Yeah, that's seven. it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's God damn. I think I mean, seven and like ten felt good last year. Dude, um, we are a much bro. Think about it. Someone brought this up to me the other day, and I was actually shocked. We were six and five at this point last season. Six and yeah. six and yeah, five I with that. Drew Locke. That's crazy. How are we worse? I don't understand. How are we worse? We're supposed to be better. We had injuries yeah. like this last year, too. And the schedule, yeah, and the schedule was much more tougher up to this point um last year than it was this year. With Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. This is that's crazy, man. I would be honest. We Nathaniel Hackett's Nathaniel Hackett's making Vic Fangio look like a genius. I remember saying this. I said this in like our first episode together. I I remember saying this like our first episode, okay? And I'm like, dude, Nathaniel Hackett's play calling makes Vic Fangio look like a genius because we're not we weren't scoring points with Nathaniel Hackett, but we were with Vic Fangio at least. Well, Pat Shermer. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Should we bring it oh, back? Man. No, hell no. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. I mean, <laughs> any, any team would be foolish to bring him back, even as a quarterback coach. Where even is he right now? <laughs> I don't I even know. Where no idea, is. man. As soon probably as he left, he's doing anything. <laughs> he's sitting dude, on his couch. This dude's probably doing cartwheels, watching the Broncos offense score nine points a week. He is. Yeah, like, he's laughing. <laughs> he is. <laughs> it's making him look smart too. Yeah. yeah, that whole coaching staff, the whole staff last year was, I mean. Bro, you can't sit here and watch the Broncos and tell me it is not the coaching staff. When Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater put up more points than Russell right. Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, you can't tell me that it's not the coaching staff. Because what, what, what do you guys think? Do you still think Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson? I do. I feel like he might have lost – some confidence i mean with like because of this season and everybody's like flaming him on like social media and stuff i feel like he may have lost some confidence but he likes to keep it cool and like i just i think he is still russ uh and i think we'll see that even more next year as he builds connections and everything and we get a new coach so hopefully sean payton Please. That's the, the same every year. It's, it's not happening. I'm telling you, it's not happening. Dude, no, no, no don't say that. <laughs> don't. Hey, we're gonna have Dan Quinn, so just suck it up, man. Oh, that's, that's that's more that's more realistic. That is definitely hey, realistic. No, I'm just I'm praying <laughs> for Sean Payton. Praying. No, bro, it's we're not, not gonna happening. get him. We're not gonna get him. We're the Broncos. 
We don't get big players uh, like that. say that. Well, did you see Sean Payton saying, oh, Lamar Jackson's a free agent, da 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 da, da. Uh, Yeah, he's basically saying, like, wherever – if I, I highly doubt Lamar Jackson leaves the ra- – yeah. ra- he said when he got drafted that um, that he, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of him. Um, I, I am a huge believer in Lamar. I think he could do it. I, I love Rose Lamar. Same thing. So, I don't, I don't think he – I think he's super low. I don't think he's going to leave <laughs> – Baltimore. Yeah, I um, I think I think they're gonna get a big deal done, to be honest. Um, yeah. But if they he were to us. leave, if he were to leave, I don't think Sean Payne, Sean Payne gives a shit where he goes. He's he's following Lamar. I mean, that's a really really attractive job for a head coach. Yeah. Um, and but then you look at the Broncos situation. Russell Wilson's turning thirty four in a few days, and um, the oh, future. The, yeah, the future just not looking too bright with the draft picks. Um, we're not as deep in the hole as people think we are. I mean, this upcoming draft is going to be the last draft that we have to worry about with not having a second round pick, but we have a first. We have two thirds. Like we're we're chilling. We could trade up if we wanted to with those two thirds and get a second or second round. So we're chilling. Um, but just around the league, it seems like from reports that this Broncos job is not a very attractive destination right now. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like when you look at the film, obviously it looks like Russell Russell Wilson has declined. But I feel like if you are an intelligent head coach and you could, if you have the experience, that you really could yeah. dwell Russ back into that, uh, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback esque. Yeah, I think losing Bradley Chubb was a great thing. Like trading him for a first round pick, that was the one thing we needed because our future was looking off. I feel like um, we should blame George Payton for not addressing the offensive line last year that well. He like completely ignored it. And he drafted a guy in the sixth round, Wannenberg. That's it. Like Wannenberg, so out, bro. I've been saying (laughs) you guys can go back. You guys can go back to my first episodes. I told you guys, Wannenberg is not good. Wannenberg is terrible at blocking for a quarterback. And he, bro, you guys saw when he was snapping the ball. Yeah, he can't snap. Bro, you are drafted (laughs) to be a professional center, and you can't snap a football. Dude, it's so aggravating. Well, I'm going to be honest. Our O-line, obviously, it was an issue last year. But it feels like the players that were there last year declined heavily. Bulls declined, so like, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't think Peyton really knew that everybody was going to just decline. I mean, come on. He got Billy Turner. I do. <laughs> I do. He's like, <laughs> Dude, Billy Turner played like what, like a yeah, game like, and a half this year, like exactly, so right? right. I, but I do, I do that. agree with Nathan. He really like he kind of just said like, right, screw no, the right I tackle position. Like we're just gonna let it go another year of just like playing dice. Right. Yeah, he probably thought just, that Russell Wilson played with a whole like horrible O line all his career. Like he doesn't need one. He's gonna get used year. to it. Yeah, exactly. It's but funny because like, the Seahawks off offensive line is one of the best in the league this year. Yeah, what is that? What, how? <laughs> what What did they do? Charles, was it Char- Charles Cross. Um, also, yeah, I want to say this. Yeah. I love Russell Wilson, but he runs into a lot of sacks. And yeah. um, at times, it's a lot of coverage sacks. I will say that. Yeah. So it makes yeah. it, the offensive line look worse. And that's why. Out I, either. Yeah, he, he tries to make plays when he probably shouldn't. Um, he's been getting better with that, though. Also, this dude, the last few weeks, has just been a god at uh, evading sacks. Like, nobody's talking yeah. about it for whatever reason. Yeah, I kept telling my dad because we couldn't, like, watch the game. I'm watching it on my phone. I'm like, holy cow, Russell Wilson just <laughs> – and my dad's like, oh, still Broncos suck. <laughs> That's I'm here for everybody. But but he's been a Broncos fan since 
John Elway. Elway. I mean, I mean, Shannon Sharp, dude. What would it be like to go to those days? Dude, Shannon Sharp comes for every Broncos player that makes a single mistake. He'll for like, real? <laughs> like, he'll yeah. like, Melvin Gordon, you idiot. You can't, you can't hold on to a damn football. Jerry Judy, you well, can't catch he, a damn football. Well, I mean, he's right about Melvin Gordon. Gordon, yes. yeah. Gordon was <laughs> right. right, yeah. I don't care what he said about Gordon. Montreal, you can't return a damn punt. I don't know if he said that, but Montreal's been playing bad. But he does. He calls out basically. Yeah, Montreal's everybody. I said this a few weeks ago, um, on the podcast, and um, I got clowned for it. And fast forward a few weeks, I said we should maybe think about a a change at the uh, returner position, and it's looking more and more likely right now. Montreal, I love Montreal. I love you. Why would, you, why would you put PS2 Wait, returning, bro? Oh, would... Jesus. That's a <laughs> that Madden. Be... That's Madden. <laughs> well, didn't, our, didn't he get, uh, what's it called, our special teams coordinator, didn't he get asked that question, putting in PS2? I saw, I think, I saw I that. Think, oh, I think yeah. yeah that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was like, yeah, I'll get in trouble. Yeah, dude, if you – I want you to find – I love Dwayne Stukes. He's, like, our probably most underrated head coach – our most underrated coach right now. Um, He's just been incredible. But um, if I would want him fired if we put in PS2 at returner. Like, bro. That's has he really terrible you're asking for him to get hurt? Has he really been incredible? I think Dwayne Sukes is a really good coach. Has the special teams maybe lived up to what we hope to be? Not so much, no. but I think Montreal just I think Montreal is really losing his confidence. I don't think that's to blame on Dwayne Stukes. Um, I think they need, probably need to make a change um, pretty soon yeah. if he just continues the bad decisions against the Panthers tomorrow. What about Waitman? What do you think about Waitman? I haven't seen him play like I hasn't. I see had like one great game and then I don't everybody's know. everybody's so 50 50 on him. Some people say that right. it was such a good decision to move on from Sam Martin. Then others are calling him like the worst um, punter in the league. Um, uh, not the worst. I don't know. I think I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly okay with him. I, I mean, am too. We, sh- we shouldn't be punting the ball, but. Yeah, because it's like you're putting so much pressure on him because exactly. you're constantly punting the ball. I don't I think mean, a Broncos punter has ever punted this much, probably by any team in NFL history. Right. Have you, have you guys realized that we've been pinned down to the three-yard line, five-yard line, six-yard line? It's our special teams that's been put our offense in horrible, horrible yeah. spots, you know? That's yeah. why our offense can't be running either, and that's why, you know, we ultimately punt fourth and one. If we, you know, had a good return – 50 yard line maybe we go for on fourth and one when you're on the 10 yard line you can't go for it on fourth and one you have to punt it stuff like that i put it on oh yeah (laughs) unless it's mad yeah (laughs) right (laughs) if you're the broncos offense of course you're gonna punt it obviously yeah yeah i mean the thing is like the third and short we still throw it deep yes even though it's like a third and one and it's like you still have a pretty good running back that can most likely pick up a one yard gain I mean, instead I we th- throw it deep. I don't think we saw that as much last week. I th- also, we saw a lot more single back formation on third and short last week yeah. with uh, Kubiak. I like to see that. There's so many damn shotgun plays with, um, with Hackett during his yeah. time calling plays. So that was really frustrating. Um, I think it was like the the Chargers game. Um, I live streamed it, and there was like a really crucial like third and short, and um, it was like third third and one. And they have Russell Wilson just alone in the shotgun and just launching it deep. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't understand. Like, it's a basic fan that can tell you to run the ball or maybe get some play action, trick the the defense, sell the run. Yeah. I, I don't understand the decision-making there. Whose decision-making has been worse, in your opinion, Nathaniel Hackett or Vic Fangio? Because, you know, 
Vic Fangio's time management was yeah it was like well, well it's different because um Vic Fangio was calling plays for the defense and you know the defense is obviously better um and his defensive play calling was pretty good I thought he maybe ran zone a little too much than we wanted to yeah. um Averro has just been a lot more defensive play caller I can't believe I'm saying that he's much younger but I would prefer yeah. Averro any day of the week um he's been doing really well yeah, yeah. He's a potential, uh, I, you know, he's a potential head coach candidate for us. Um, but then you look at Nathaniel Hackett, first time um, head coach, just like Vic Fangio, but a lot less experience dealing with a brand new offense, um, brand new system and everything. Well, not new system, but a brand new team. Um, right. And it's a much very, it's a much different situation. I'm not sure it's fair to compare those. Um, but worst decision, decision maker, we've had a lot, a lot larger sample size from Vic Banjo than we have, uh, Hackett. I mean, Hackett doesn't even make the decisions anymore. Rosberg does most of them at least. And um, what does he do? Yeah. It's like, I said on my last podcast, he really, I really look at him now as just a fan who gets to co- like coach the team on the sidelines and celebrate during plays in the game. That's how I see Hackett now. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be honest. There's very few head coaches that can like call plays for your offense and like still try being a head coach for the entire team yeah uh, i mean you got andy reed arguably one of the greatest coaches uh then back well, he, when, he doesn't call plays right i mean then you got i think that bill belichick called plays with tom brady I don't know um, if he called plays. But... I think it was uh Josh. It was Josh McDaniels. It was Josh McDaniels. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you got very few head coaches that are going to be able to call plays. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's he's regarded as. Yeah, he's regarded as the best coach of all time, and he didn't even call plays for Brady. <laughs> so. I think it's just because Brady was Brady. Yeah, I mean, you look at it from every perspective. It's really interesting to break this down right now because a first-time head coach, no head coaching experience in college or the NFL and yeah. he hasn't called plays in several years all the way dating back to Jacksonville with Blake Bortles and you ask him to be the head coach make all the decisions from week one and um, yeah. call the plays as well and on top of that make the game plans and coach up the players on your offense that's a lot of, that's a lot on his plate so I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt but um, like Nathan said is like what does he do now right so what's yeah. the point of keeping him? Exactly. There I, isn't. I've, I've been saying that also. I mean, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett – you can usually tell when somebody looks like a head coach, right? And I don't yeah. think Nathaniel Hackett ever looks like a head coach. I don't think he ever – I don't think he's meant to be like one. It. Right. And, like, you can – like, I'm, watch, I'm a big basketball fan. You can tell when somebody, like, looks like a head coach, especially I don't know. in basketball. I don't know what we saw in Hackett because – What's it called? He didn't even call the plays in Green Bay. I wanted me personally, you know, I'm not trying to be the guy, but that guy that says like, I wanted this guy instead. But before we, during our hiring, like when we we're looking for coaches, Same I wanted Kevin thing. O'Connell. Yes. I wanted yes, him. Yes, guy yes, bad. Yes. I wanted him so bad. I was like, he looks like the perfect head coach for you. Like he looks like a head coach. And then we got Nathaniel Hackett, Mr. Doesn't call it plays. He called plays in Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure. And how did that turn out? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he he did he did pretty well. I'll give I'll give him that. He did pretty well. He made Blake Bortles look like not Blake Bortles. <laughs> Bortles is still bad, but <laughs> to be fair, I mean, yeah, but I, yeah. I just I hope we get rid of 
Nathaniel Hackett very soon. But, like, probably just wait till after the season at this point because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that point you can start an interviewing process instead of, like, just creating chaos kind of like in the locker room. What do you what do you guys think we're talking uh, about Avero? So we're we're talking about all this pressure that has been put on Hackett. So the, for the people that think we should fire Hackett ASAP and make Avero interim head coach, why does that make any sense if we're talking about all this that's on Hackett's plate and how right. well Avero's been calling plays and not having to worry about game management and all and all that um, for the team as a whole? Why would you put him as a first year defensive coordinator exactly. into the head coach spot? Just like how he messed up with Hackett and potentially ruin a whole a candidate for a, or potentially ruin our defensive coordinator for years to come. That is yeah. risking such a huge piece for your team. Like, can can Broncos fans think that through? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah, I know. I mean, why would you want to get a first year head coach again? I feel like you want to get somebody that's going to have some experience under their belt at least I mean instead of having another Nathaniel Hackett situation possibly I mean you want again like somebody like Sean Payton or even a college coach at least he has some experience with that type of stuff I mean obviously I don't want uh to hire like some brand new college coach but I just want somebody with experience yeah, we don't want to mess up uh, like the Panthers of Matt Rule. He got hired by Nebraska today. Going back to where yeah, he was. Yeah, I saw that. He said he's going back to And then Cliff yeah. Kingsbury has completely failed the Panthers. They would be a much better team without him. Yeah. Do you guys think that it's the team? Because every single year that we've had a new coaching, uh, new coach, there's been a, another coach that's been way better, like Kyle Shanahan. We missed out on him. We got Vance Joseph instead. And then Nathaniel Hackey, we could have got O'Connell. Vic Fangio, I forgot who their uh who the other candidates were, but it wasn't too bright there. But other than that, you know, we missed out on pretty good coaches for our, our team, especially Shanahan. Shanahan's the guy I wanted. Yeah, I mean, just sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I'm still never gonna let. Pay- I love George Payne. I agree with pretty much every decision up to this point, and I'll say it week after week. Losing on Mike McDaniel and Kevin O'Connell is the worst decision. Yeah, a GM could ever make. Um, he, I don't know. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't know how. I, I would assume him and Russ would be a much better fit than him and Hackett. <laughs> I, I believe. I don't know. I just don't understand the logic behind that. I was talking with a few people in a group chat early, earlier this morning. I don't understand the logic behind that hiring process at all. Um, I feel like it's a weekly basis that I'm talking about this. Um, I feel like like. I feel like Hackett did a really good job convincing uh, Peyton that he was the guy for this team. And I feel like he did a really good job making himself a likable candidate for this team. Yeah. I don't feel like hack. I feel like Peyton should have prioritized Hackett's history and experience coaching in the league rather than his interview, his interviews that he had with him, the three interviews. I think that's where he messed up big time. And it's so crazy to say that because Peyton is such he's such a guy that's behind analytics, behind lot just logical decisions. Um, and he proved he proved that completely false in this hire process. He completely went with more of his heart in this hire rather than his brain. And I feel like this this is a decision that probably is gonna hurt the Broncos for I won't say years to come if we can finally hit on a hire this upcoming year. Um, because yeah. it's pretty obvious that Hackett's gone. 
Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like, frustrating. yeah, it's so frustrating. Cause we we're waiting for this offense to finally get clicking again. Like it was with Peyton Manning. And I think maybe George Payton thought that Russell Wilson would wash away all of the, the wrongdoings of this hire um, and maybe just look, make Hackett look better. But um, the ultimate at the end of the day is he's not Peyton Manning who made Adam Gase look like a good offensive coordinator. So I I don't know. I am really concerned with rather than the coaching staff, other than the coaching staff, I'm concerned with Sutton being a number one wide receiver. That's been my biggest concern for this whole year. I mean, he hasn't been the greatest, you know, this year, this year has been his, you know, his regressed regressing year. Do you think we should target a number one receiver possibly in the off season? Or do you think we should just stick with Sutton, the weapons we have? I already said on the podcast, I believe we should take a wide receiver with that first that we acquired from Bradley Chubb. Oh, that, that, that'd be crazy. Crazy. Yeah, and I also, I want to bring someone in like DJ Chark. Oh, that, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like a veteran guy. I wouldn't recommend using our first round pick. I, I would, I, I want to tackle. Him. I want to tackle. I want to tackle. So I bad. do too. I do too. That's what I was thinking. That's <laughs> See, what I was thinking about. I don't like it. I don't like a tackle in the first round. It's boring, know. but you know, you'll get a little excited, you know, a little bit. You know, if we could get something like a Tristan Wirfs, you know, yes, I mean, yes. It, well, it, Tristan Wirfs was taken really, really high. Yeah, he was um, taken right, right. When you look but, at the history, like, when you look at the history of obviously, we're gonna the 49ers are a good football team. We're gonna end up somewhere from pick 23 all the way to like 30. Right. So if you look at the history of tackles taking that range. There's almost none of them that end up being effective starters in the league. Yeah. What, what about Saints? Saints uh, tackle Ryan's Ramchek. Mm. Yeah, he's taking around that. Well, area. also, you, yeah, also you look at Trevor Penning and he's dog shit. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, he's also like, I don't know, he's a he's a Hall of Fame man of society, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not. I know it's not the most fair analysis to say that just because history says that it's going to repeat itself. Um, George Payne's a very, really, really good talent, talent evaluator, and maybe he can find that future tackle for us. Um, and I think that is a part of the reason that he did sign Billy Turner is to maybe as a tackle um, on his radar in this draft rather than last year's um, due to eligibility. Um, so maybe, but I, I really want to see us address the tackle position in a third round, if I'm being honest. Um, I think we could, I think it's a, a pretty, um, I want to say super deep, but I think it's a deep uh, tackle um, class in this year's draft. I would have to look more into the film, but I don't know. I per- I personally think we need to um, get more weapons for this offense that need that will make plays for this offense because we, we're just lacking that, like you said, Nathan. Well, I think we should get like a Teron Armstead type of player, you know, a veteran. I don't want to, you know, wait for another guy to play good when they turn 27, like Bulls again. You know, we waited so long for Bulls to play phenomenally. Exactly. And he had one good season. To be fair, like I, I'll be that one guy that you know didn't really like Bowles, even when he had that great season. Giving him that big contract was a mistake, in my opinion. He had one good season, and we paid him the bag. And then now he's injured, and then he, he wasn't even playing good the last two years. Yeah, if we draft a tackle, I want it. If we were to draft a tackle in the first round, I would want it to be someone high. Um, yeah. who has really high upside, someone like Evan Neal who can come in and contribute and have an immediate impact and be elite in, you know, your pass protection. Um, you know, Kim Evan Neal is a great example. Yeah, Keem McQuanu is super, super good. Been an yeah. incredible pick for them. Charles Cross, incredible pick for yeah. the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, damn it. That hurts. That um, hurts. <laughs> oh, my God. 
but I mean, I, I don't know. I would rather have, like you said, bring in a veteran and who can contribute yeah. right away. Yeah. I want to trade bulls. That's because, what I want to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what I want. I want to trade bulls because his contract is huge. And, uh, you know, he's getting up there in age too. So he's 30 something, right? I think I mean, he's, like, he's like 31, possibly. You guys want to keep a 31 year old? Let me, I'm, I'm looking up how old he is right now. Yeah. I don't know. Tackles are just so hard to to develop. I I don't yeah. want one in the first round, if I'm being honest. Well, the thing is, so like I would want for a receiver, I would want like a veteran that's kind of been in certain situations yeah. and that can lead kind of like the team. Obviously, Sutton's, I mean, I feel like he is a pretty great player, but we need that veteran guy that can kind of show the ropes to even younger guys. So um he is 30 30 yeah yeah so, he's getting up to age yeah i mean i don't know i just feel like tackles are hard to um develop. You know, maybe yeah to develop maybe we can get um i don't know maybe another veteran to fill in for him but i just, i don't know i don't see um i don't see the point in trading bulls obviously the contract but i don't know he's a good player um this year before the leg injury he was, he was having some penalty issues again, and it, it yeah. was pretty uh, pretty concerning to see and uh, kind of scary at first because we don't want to go back to the the Garrett Holds era. But um, yeah, now you're reminding me of something else now. Everybody, Another freaking, bad this memory. podcast episode is just reminding everybody of bad things that have happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is just Put a disclaimer. <laughs> Put a disclaimer. I, yeah, big disclaimer going on the screen. Uh, I sincerely apologize for all the PTSD you're about to experience. <laughs> Gosh, we got to be more considerate. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Some people still are hurt, you know? It hurts. Some me. people forgot about it. Like, I forgot about the bolts, holds. I forgot about that. Mr. Holding guy. Like, I, I forgot about the penalty 72. I'm pretty sure he made merch out of it or something like that. Like, he he he, he fed into the jokes. Of course he did. You can't have anybody. You got like, one good bro, season. You, and did you that. can't have that. You can't have that when people are making fun of you for for holding and costing your team penalties and yards, and you're making t-shirts out of it. Oh, bro! It would be funny if Melvin hey, did that. Don't don't. <laughs> yeah, don't quote me on that or whatever. Yeah, just um, in case, but like for, that. I know for a fact that yeah, I know for a fact though he was joking about it though. I know for a fact. Yeah, I just don't I know mean, if he was doing it through merch. If he, if he I think he was, dude. If if I'm the coach. I'm going straight to him. You think this is funny? <laughs> <laughs> Lyman coach. <Bro>. Right. <laughs> Vic Fangio. Bro, Vic Fan- can you imagine Vic Fangio confronting you about that? <laughs> I'd start laughing. I'm going to be so <laughs> I'm going to be so for real if Vic came and confronted me. I'm going to just start laughing. <laughs> You're going to laugh? <laughs> dude, at him? Yes. Your $60 million contract on the line. He's a dinosaur. I mean, what is no. he gonna do? Cut you? Like that's dead money right there. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do nothing like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. bro, I'm getting paid. I'll sign a different. I'll sign with a different team. That's cool. That's cool. <sighs> I hope not. <laughs> Great episode today. Uh, a lot of fun talking about all these different topics and discussions and whatnot. Um, a lot of you know a lot of great things to talk about, but also a lot of um, bad memories that we brought up. That I sincerely apologize for. Um, all the way from uh, predicting the Broncos to win 24 to 10 to talking about the Garrett Holds era. Hope you guys enjoyed. 
Um, if you stick all the way to the uh, very end, you're an absolute go. I appreciate you so much. Um, our views have been spiking recently, and I just would like to personally say to every single one of you that it, it really means the world to me. Um, I've been really trying, uh, you know, hard on this podcast. Want to, you know, push out better episodes for you guys. I want to start uploading more uh, frequently and consistently for you guys. Um, so if you guys listen to the, the very end and you just listen to the episode at all, I appreciate you so much. If you're on Apple and uh, Spotify, listen to the episode via audio. Um, I appreciate you guys so much. You can even listen to the episode and watch uh, via video on Spotify as well. Um, it's a new update that they have. Uh, if you guys are uh, followed, I appreciate you so much. If you aren't, make sure you guys do that. Leave a rating, have notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. Um, everybody that tuned in today, appreciate you guys so much. Plenty more episodes to come. Broncos play the Panthers tomorrow, hoping to continue, continue the ownership over them. Um, obviously, obviously they'll be looking for their new owners. Maybe they should consider Vaughn Miller. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, until the next one, uh, peace.